Hi, it's Mike Metcalf. This time talking about purpose. In systems thinking, the issue of purpose is quite seminal. It is important to ask what use is it? What uses can that system be put to? What's its purpose? Or what purposes could it be put to? You can have a collection of elements interconnected without a purpose. This is really something that systems thinking is not very comfortable with. A network of elements with no purpose is not really very useful. I'm sure a lot of you have been to meetings that have no purpose. There's a collection of people all interacting there, so you think, well, that's a sort of system, but they have no purpose. I've been to a lot of meetings where people say, we're required to meet once a month, And so we meet once a month, but there are no measures of success. There's no real purpose to the meeting. Organisations can become like that. They continue on interacting, but they've lost a clear sense of purpose. Or else there's lots of different purposes going on. And people in their lives can lose meaning in their lives, a sense of purpose... They can get a bit depressed, in fact, because they ask themselves, what's the purpose of life? I think we have to assume that purpose is given or taken by a system. So, for example, if I think about the law system, you could ask lawyers and they might say, we're here to make sure that justice is done. So they're giving themselves a purpose. You might give it a purpose of making lawyers wealthy at the expense of clients, if you're a little bit cynical. And somebody else might give it the purpose of keeping dictators and monarchs in check. That is, I could use the concepts of justice, personal wealth, or governance system to the law system. It is our usual act of interpretation. We're giving meaning to this collection of elements, interacting elements. As ever, I'd warn against just having one concept or one purpose. That is, I think you should think of purpose as being the handful of concepts that you're using to interpret the world, not just a single one. Historically, purpose has been very difficult to define. What is purpose? My life has purpose. I need purpose. The purpose of this is. What exactly is purpose? And I think the pragmatists, by focusing on the idea of conceptions and the systems thinking, picking up on the idea of a system of concepts to interpret the world, give us a definition of purpose. So I would say I would find an organization would find its purpose by setting the handful of concepts that it intends to use to interpret the world, to coordinate its activities, to help it make decisions. And the same with private individuals. I think you can come up with a set of concepts that guide your life, that give your life purpose. For example, I intend to look after my children, I intend to develop a cure for cancer, I intend to 
help my community improve. I intend to protect the environment. Again, one would assume that one of these isn't enough. One needs a collection of them. If you like, like strands in a piece of rope, they're woven together. Or, originally I used the, the metaphor of swamps. That is, you've got to think of your concepts as organisms living in a swamp, interacting with each other, keeping each other in check, making sure that one of them doesn't get too big and yet also others don't get too small, too dominant or too insignificant. Notice I was slipping into the word intent there. I think they're very similar things. I intend to do this and sense of purpose. What's the purpose? I'll just stick with the word purpose. But I'm just sort of acknowledging the fact that they are very similar words, very similar concepts. It might be the word intent is more proactive. So intend to help the environment just sounds a little bit more proactive than my purpose is to protect the environment. Purpose, understanding purpose, answers the why question. Why do I exist? Why does this exist? So again, very useful. It's planning. It's strategy. It's guidance. It's organizing principles. I have discussed having a set of uh, concepts to provide the purpose or intent of an organization in another podcast about planning, because I think really they're, they're exactly the same thing. I always think that the original management writers who said that the basic purpose of a commercial organization is to create customers. But again, I'm nervous about there only being one of those. I would have said it is other things as well. I wanted here to focus a little bit more at the personal level. So Jordan Peterson makes the point that people can get quite depressed and upset Uh, in their lives if they cannot understand their purpose. They do not give themselves a a purpose. If you're into evolution, then you're born, you live your life, you die. What's the purpose of it all? You can take a very sort of physics and evolutionary view of life, and it's very easy to slip into a sense of there's no purpose to it, therefore you become a little bit depressed and feeling hopeless. And I think you've really got to give yourself a sense of purpose in life. You've got to find things to do that make you feel like you do have a purpose. I think religions have understood this for some time. I come from a sort of Christian background, but my understanding is that Islam has its five pillars and Buddhism has its three strands of rope. Christians seem to have overdone this a system of concepts that, that help give purpose to people. They've got the Ten Commandments. They've got five deadly sins and the, the three virtues. Although I have to say, having suffered a lot of Christian education in, in my youth, I don't think those really represent the concepts in use by Christianity. I would rather say they were things like empathy, community service. I think responsibility, because that's that's very much the guilt thing, and things like humility, to which the Catholics, I think, added 
obedience to, uh, to hierarchy. And then the Protestant revolution was largely saying, no, we should take that one out and we should replace it more with assisting with the betterment of a community, typically economically, understanding that getting people out of poverty would alleviate a lot of their anxiety in, in the world. Jesus, and maybe the other prophets for other religions, was a bit of a role model that that emphasised these. The Sermon on the Mount, for example, I think, which sort of suggests the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the difference between Jews and Christians, had this new concept of turn the other cheek and avoidance of an individual or selfish understanding of wealth, where one person gets rich, another gets poor, that wealth needs to be understood as a community development activity. This is one of the problems with uh, atheism, I think, is that it sort of says, well, we, we can't find God, we, we don't quite understand what God is, so we're going to fall back on science and talk about rationality, but they don't really focus what concepts, what purpose people should give to their lives. The atheists need to come up with a set of concepts that make up the purpose for human existence. I think, for example, the the French Revolution did that when it started calling for equality, fraternity and liberty. It was suggesting the concepts that people should live their lives by. When atheists say, well, you should just use science and rationality to live your life by, again, you might say, well, that's only one and it's not enough. But the other point which has been made by the the pragmatists some time ago is that rationality comes from an interpretation. So I can rationally think of the law system in terms of does it dispense justice to the poor. I can rationally think of the law system as a way of making lawyers wealthy. And I can rationally think about law as a method of constraining monarchs and dictators, the rule of law being more dominant than the rule of monarchs. Rationality comes out of perspective or interpretation or a conception in use. It isn't possible for every human being to reason their way through whether equality, fraternity and equity are reasonable concepts to live your life by. We need a heuristic, we need a shortcut. We typically will pick this up from imitating those who we respect, and maybe that starts with your parents or a significant person in your life. So you look at their behaviour and you imitate it in a role model sort of way. Concepts like justice and fraternity and humility have been learnt by living in communities since the dawn of mankind. Many people, many clever people, thousands of years ago, many communities have worked out what is the best way to live in a community. It's very hard for some rational person just to sit down, ignore that massive history, all that massive experience of millions of people over thousands of years, and just think up their own set of concepts. Better, perhaps, to listen to social history. This was also a sort of lesson learnt in the 60s when you had the sexual revolution and everybody else 
revolting against everything social. Now, whilst there was a lot of conservatism and social oppression, things like marriage, how many wives you have had, and whether you should get married, and whether you should have a marriage ceremony in public, are the result of thousands of years of community experience coming together. To suddenly have a youngster of 17 suddenly declare that they don't believe in marriage or something is, is a sort of lack of respect for the social history that has come up with saying, well, we've all tried the alternatives, but you'd be better off if you stick with this until you have some particular experience that stops you believing it. It is almost a conservative position, evolution rather than revolution. Life's experiences like death, family, birth, marriage, child-rearing are all way too complicated for one person to sit down and reason their way through all of them on every occasion. We need the benefit of our social history to provide us with our default concepts in use, our default sense of purpose. As I say, our personal experience can get us to edit that over time. But what you're picking up is the concepts that you want to use to live your life, remembering that a concept is a pattern of activity. One of these may be to be rational, to be scientific, to be seeking evidence-based understanding of the world. Christopher Hitchens once did a rewrite of the Ten Commandments, putting a lot more emphasis on avoiding child abuse and that sort of thing, or protecting children. Again, it's a step in the right direction for atheists to say, these are the concepts that we believe an atheist should live by, but they've got to be more than science and rationality. For example, do atheists live by the concept of fraternity, humility, and empathy? I expect they do. I just think that they need to be more explicit about it. Sorry, I only mention this because it's an understanding of the importance of purpose in people's lives. A lot of explanation of why there is so much religion in the world is because it provides the role model, it provides the set of concepts that people should live their life by. Moving on a bit, like all good concepts, there will be other concepts that are fairly similar. I've mentioned intent. I think goals, whether you call them objectives or targets or whatever, I think the management literature gets a bit carried away with this, but I think goals and the experiments that sort of demonstrate that setting goals is a useful thing to do can be subsumed under purpose. So if I set a goal to run 100 metres at a certain speed, 12 seconds or something, or 10 seconds, my understanding of that is you have set up a sense of purpose that it's about speed. If you'd set a goal to run it in 10 strides, then you would have said the purpose, the concept in use for purpose was stride length. The goals tell you the concept in use. So if an organisation says sales volume targets are this, that and the other you're sending a message that the the purpose of this organisation is to increase sales volume. Again, one doesn't seem sufficient, and 
Mostly when people talk about setting goals in organisations, they don't talk about a single goal, they'll talk about a handful of goals. Even in accounting, in the triple bottom line, they say that, you, that you've got profit, social responsibilities and environmental responsibilities. So you have a three-pronged purpose. Having said that a, our purpose is environmental, social, economic, and then maybe something else, technological, you can set in place an action plan to say, right, in order to be more technological, we're going to train the staff to do X, and we want, now I can set a, a goal or a target that says I want 300 people to get through this course in the next six months. That's the place, I think, for the smart goals, the quantitative detailed goals. But I think you can hijack the word goals or objectives if people want to use them as the concepts in use for interpreting the world. The elements in the system of purpose or purposeful activity. I have to mention visions again here that something's happened. And I'm not sure why, but in the management literature... Purpose and intent got changed into visions. Again, nervous because that's a suggestion that we think with pictures, and we've known for hundreds of years that's not the case. I can think about a property-based democracy without being able to form any images in my head. We think in concepts, we compare concepts, a concept being a pattern of activity. And again, the danger with having a vision is it's a single thing. The attraction is, of course, that images and pictures have been used for a very long time, used in art now, to convey a sense of purpose and image. But if you have a vision in the way of a picture, hopefully not a dream too much so, um, that it should be possible to make explicit in that image what the concepts in use are, what purpose you're meant to interpret out of that vision. And I suspect these days those need to be articulated into the, the handful of, of five concepts in use. Another word that's very similar to purpose and intent is meaning, giving meaning to something. Meaning can be used in the sense of interpretation or perspective this is the meaning I give to something the purpose I give to something so some conversations people will say you know what what meaning do you give to this or I have no meaning in my life or this organization has no meaning I think I could interpret that back again to be purpose you can see a, an evolutionary dimension to purpose. First of all, the emergence of consciousness. If, if we assume that humans are conscious more so than animals, maybe animals are a little bit conscious. What do I mean by conscious? Aware that we're going to die, aware that we can think about our own behaviors. You know, was that good or evil? As this ability came into the human brain, as it grew, possibly supported by language and social interaction, the issue of what is the purpose of my life comes up. I, 
most people at a simple level would say, I, don't, I suspect my dog doesn't sit there thinking, what is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of, of this meeting? Uh, it's a very human thing to do, and, and it's something that's evolved with consciousness. And we need to resolve it because it causes mental anguish if we can't resolve it. I think it also causes organizational anguish if it's not made explicit what the purpose of the organization is. I can also see it in that classic thing of of looking at an animal and saying, is it a, is it a tiger that's going to eat me or is it a deer that I'm going to eat? You could say, what is what purpose does that animal have and what what purpose can I give to it? Um, whereas, you know, I, a different thing happens when I think about a deer and a tiger. I I can think the the purpose I give to a deer is to be my food, but I'm I'm self-conscious enough to realize that a tiger is most likely thinking that I'm food. That's the the purpose a tiger is giving to me. This is being self-conscious. But I can also see that if you've got uh, little apes with no claws and teeth who are going to dominate the world and they they use cooperation, working in groups, in order to achieve world domination, having a purpose for that cooperation would, would be very important. So there's a group of people hanging out and they say, right, let's go hunt a mammoth. So the purpose of this activity is to hunt the mammoth, get it, share it, so we all get food. As long as that's clear what the purpose of the activity is, it must be much easier to, to coordinate and cooperation. That you know, Group social activities would be more successful and happier and more collegiate. And you would encourage cooperation with a clear sense of purpose. And cooperation being such an important success factor for human beings. Let's move on now to thinking about how a scientific perspective looks at purpose. One of the problems is that hard science, when it looks at molecules and the cosmos and stars and planets and the physics of the world... It assumes these things don't have any purpose. Indeed, I think there was a problem in getting from Aristotle, who thought that that stones and the physical world did have a purpose. I mean, that the stones had the purpose of getting as close to the Earth's centre as possible. And I, I think it was Galileo who said, well, it's silly to think of the physical world in terms of purpose. We need to think of it in terms of objects and movement and that was his big contribution, really, to science. So purpose is not really something that, that hard scientists would think about. You really have to get into the social world before you start worrying about purpose. You have to be talking about consciousness before you start talking about purpose. You have to be talking about cooperation before we talk about purpose. And again, if I'm looking for scientific evidence that purposeful activity outperforms non-purposeful activity. I think the goal experimental literature provides that. You can 
easily test to see whether a group that has a clear sense of purpose outperforms one that doesn't. Now, you have an interesting issue with what might be called blue sky research. You'll hear a lot of scientists say, we don't want focused, purposeful scientific research in the way that getting to the moon or developing the atomic bomb or uh, finding a cure for AIDS was a very focused scientific activity and successful to some extent. Uh, I think maybe the cure for cancer has been less successful. Some people object to university scientific research being directed like that. They sort of say, well, no, you should allow people to go off and do their own thing. And I have to agree with that. It's just maybe in a limited way or with some more sense of purpose. Maybe the sense of purpose is simply to understand how the world works. Maybe that is sufficient purpose. Although those who are funding science might say, well, now, if I'm providing the money, I want a little bit more focused purpose than that. I want you to focus on, I don't know, improving the environment or making people healthier, wealthier and happier. Or at least I'd I'd like a percentage of people to be focusing on how I can take that wonderful scientific idea, that understanding of the world, and turn it into something useful. If you think, for example, about our understanding of volcanoes and how melts occur inside rock and how they escape into, into the atmosphere as a volcano, and you might say that's pure science, it's very important to progress towards the prediction of volcanic activity so that you can save lives, I think. It, it didn't just be stop at the point of, oh, I understand how volcanoes work. I would argue that science needs to have a purpose of improving, first of all, humans, and then the environment generally. And that would include avoiding children dying a catastrophic death or people starving to death. You can also see that reasoning or argument is purposeful activity. And I'm connecting those to science here. So somebody rambling in a conversation or a bit of deconstructed postmodernism strikes me as less purposeful than legal argument. So again, I, I can see purpose coming into activities that scientists would equate to. Your assignment, should you accept it, would be to observe your own life or your own organisation or a meeting or some interaction of people and say what concepts in use is going on here, what what is their purpose, what is the actual purpose going on and what maybe should be the purpose? What meaning does it have? What meaning does it give itself? What use is it? What uses could it be put to? Could you do a statement of purpose made up of five concepts?
that is, give meaning to the activities. Thank you.